So if you have your Bibles, open them with me and turn to 1 Kings chapter 20. 1 Kings chapter 20, and we're going to start at verse 26. The next spring, Ben-Hadad mustered the Arameans and went up to Aphek to fight against Israel. When the Israelites were also mustered and given provisions, they marched out to meet them. The Israelites camped opposite, uh, opposite them like two small flocks of goats, while the Arameans covered the countryside. The man of God came up and told the king of Israel, This is what the Lord says. Because the Arameans think that the Lord is the, a God of the hills and not a God of the valleys, I will deliver this vast army into your hands and you will know that I am the Lord. For seven days, they camped opposite each other, and on the seventh day, the battle was joined. The Israelites inflicted a 100,000 casualties on the Aramean foot soldiers in one day. The rest of them escaped to the city of Aphek, where the wall collapsed on 27,000 of them. And Ben-Hadad fled the city and hid in an inner room. Go back up to verse 23. Verse 23. Meanwhile, the officials of the God of Aram advised him, their gods are the God of, gods of the hills. This is why they are too strong for us. But if we fight them on the plains, surely we will be stronger than they. So what's happening here in this story? This is talking about a battle that was going on. And the Syrian army, essentially, their belief was, because they, they were trying to figure out how this Israelite army that was smaller than them, how in the world were they uh, victorious? And so the, 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 the kind of the um, thought process of the Syrians, they said, well, God is the God of the hills, yes, but he's not the God of, of the valleys or of the plains. So if we fight them in the plains, It'll bring us victory. Why did they think that? We're going to take a little bit of a history lesson, if that's okay. You, you have to understand something. Mountains and hills were a, a source of natural protection. Okay, They were like basically built-in barriers and protections uh, for the people that lived there. So it would essentially, if you were a city that was in the hills, this would cause the city to be fortified. So they were natural barriers that kept the enemies out because usually they were difficult to climb. And not only that, but if you were in the hills, you would be able to see when your enemies were approaching, right? So you could see, so the plains, so there was the hills and then there were the plains, which were down below. So if you're at the top of the hill, you're going to see if there's an army, um, you know, coming, coming at you. So because of that vantage point, they were able to react much faster as their uh, enemies approach the city. So this was seen as kind of like a, a cheat code in a sense. That it's like, well, they have an advantage because they have the natural protection of the hills. So what were the Syrians thinking then? Well, it's easy, to, it's easy to win a battle that you see is coming. So let's fight them in the plains so that we could win. Because yeah, God, God's with them on the hills, but he's not with them in the valley. This was their mindset. Now, God basically responded by saying, 
You think I can't rescue my people, even in a valley? Well, watch this. And we just read what happened. They all got slaughtered, 27,000 of them. Okay? So this scripture is actually, it's teaching some important lessons. But I'm going to tell you something that it does not teach. It does not teach that life is one big giant up and down. Well, you know, sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm going through my, I'm going through my valley season right now. You know, I'm just, I'm just going through my dry season. Um, you know, it's just, I'm in my season of lamenting right now. Like that, that is made up stuff. It's not biblical. And I can show you why it's not biblical. Turn, uh, turn to uh, Psalm chapter one and verse three in speaking of the righteous. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. That's right, Steph. You say it if you're a girl or if you're a boy, change it. I'm not a valley girl. I'm not, that's not who we are. Listen, it doesn't mean that there's not challenges that come in the natural. I've already mentioned this many times, but for the child of God, it's never desolate. It's never barren. There's no such thing as a dry season. Your leaves shall never wither and you'll prosper in all that you do. Yeah, that's true, Lauren. It's basically saying, if you want to know what that scripture is trying to bring out, is that God will save and rescue his people no matter where they are. So it doesn't matter what is going on in the world around you. It doesn't matter what kind of attack is being attempted to put on your life. The provision and the protection of God is always present. So the devil thinks, well, I'm going to attack them here and then I'm going to take them out. And God's going to say, really? Watch this. Watch what I'm going to do in the lives of my people. And Ben-Hadad had to go and hide. Probably He's hiding out of fear and probably out of shame as well, thinking that he actually was going to be able to outsmart God. Good luck. Good luck if you think you're going to outsmart God. You know, I have, um, I have this, this, this plant outside in my front porch. It's called a majesty palm, um, a majesty palm. And it is, it flourishes in the summer because I love palm trees. Um, I love palm trees. And so this is the closest that I could get to it. And in the summer, oh, it's, it's thriving. It's flourishing. But do you want to know what it looks like right now? It doesn't look so good. <laughs> We're going to have to unfortunately put it to rest because the weather, as soon as it gets a little bit cold, its leaves start to turn brown and starts to wither. So you realize when you, you know, think about, I just want you to try to picture my poor palm and how its leaves are withering because it's cold. But Psalm 1-3 says... They are like trees planted along the riverbank. What does that mean? It means that they're constantly getting moisture. And our friend Rick from South Dakota could confirm moisture is very important for crops. So you're constantly getting moisture. You're constantly bearing fruit. Your leaves never, never wither. Even in a dark and dry situation, your leaves will never wither and you'll always bear fruit because there are seasons in this world 
But what affects the world does not affect the child of God because no matter what might happen out there, no matter how cold and how dark and how dry that it might be. Listen, turn to Exodus chapter 10. If you're in a, if you think you're in a dry season right now, I can tell you something. God wants to lift you up out of that dry season. There's no, God doesn't want you to live in the valley. He's going to lift you up out of that valley. And just for the record, as we learn from the scripture, what a valley actually is, isn't what all the, these backslidden songwriters think that they are. Turn to Exodus chapter 10 and verse 22. So Moses stretched his hand toward the sky and total darkness covered all Egypt for three days. No one could see anyone else or leave his place for three days. Yet, listen to this. All the Israelites had light in the places where they lived. Write that scripture down. Put it up somewhere and say, I don't care how dark the world might get. I don't care how dry the world might get. It's not going to affect me. And if it starts to, I know the way out because my God will deliver me and my God will rescue me. No matter where my enemy tries to attack me, there is always a way out because we are people who overcome. We're not defeated. And these songs, I'm sorry, guys, if you love these songs, but they are written from a place of defeat. Life stinks. But hey, one day we'll get to heaven. Is that really what God wants for you? You know, I've never seen this more clearly than over the past three years. Things have gotten pretty dark and pretty dry, haven't they? Uh, Alicia, that would be Exodus chapter 10, verses 22 and 23. There has been plenty of dry season. There's been plenty of dark season. Not for the child of God, though. What happens, to what happens to churches? They grow and they flourish and they strengthen. Yeah, in a time when they were supposed to be collapsed. Why? Because Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's God's plan. Say this out loud. No dry seasons. No dry seasons. So this song that says the God of the mountain is the God of the valley. I don't even know if the songwriter even understands what they're saying. I am convinced that they, they, they actually don't know what they're saying. Um, Let's talk, can we just talk, let's talk about valley seasons for a second because this it's a new thing. Everybody's in their valley season apparently. I'm just in my valley season right now. I'm just in my wilderness season right now. Yeah, I'm just it's just it's a time of wilderness for me. You know, it's just like the Israelites. Oh, okay. First of all, we always love to compare ourselves to like these these stories that have absolutely nothing to do with our lives. Just for the record. Um, the Israelites wandered around the wilderness because they disobeyed and they complained and they grumbled and they didn't have faith because it should have, how long should the journey have taken? What was it like four, I'm going to say, I'm going to say four weeks. 
Patrick, I cannot confirm or deny, but yes. He started it. He started this whole thing. Um, because, you know, one person writes it, it becomes popular, and then was like, oh, what a great theme. Oh, what a great theme to talk about. Guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you this. You know, Lynn brings up a point. She says, talking about painful times. Let's, let's talk about that. Because I think it's important to understand uh, two weeks. Okay. I think it's important to understand. Now, I have said this many times. People go through hard things. Very hard things. That's why it's so crucial and important to be kind to people. You know, to not... If you see someone come in and they might look upset, don't make a dumb comment to them. Um... Yeah, for real, Steph, eh? I'm telling you, these songs are, like, cloaked in, like, you think it's biblical, but actually... Anyways, um, yeah. You know, um, um, and they're like, hey, why aren't you smiling? Like, okay, like, calm down. Like, you know, you don't know what people are going through. Like, we, we need to be a lot more kind. People go through hard things. But I'm gonna tell you, there's two, specifically in, in terms of painful things, like Lynn mentioned, and in terms of hardships. I want to talk to you about that biblically. Turn to James chapter 5, because this is important. Because I'm not trying to, to, to suggest that nothing difficult could ever possibly happen. I, I, think I, I think I've made this clear, and I've said it about a million times. It's normal in life to be challenged, but it's unscriptural to be defeated. Why can't I find James? Where's James? Where'd you go? Okay. You think I, I should know exactly where James is? Okay, here I found it. He's back. Um, James chapter 5 and verse 13. Listen. Are any of you suffering? Are any of you suffering? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is, okay, I, I, I have to just stop there. There's another song. And the lyrics essentially say, um, uh, I wrote them down. I'll praise in the valley, I'll praise on the mountain. Okay. What does the Bible tell you to do to bring praise? Is anyone happy? Let me ask you a question. If you're in a quote-unquote valley season, are you happy or are you miserable? I'm pretty sure you can answer the question. Is anyone happy? Now, don't get this confused with Jehoshaphat and the, and the army singing praise to God and seeing the, the, the victory come. Why were they doing that? Because they believed God and they trusted in God and they knew that if we praise God, the chains will be broken and we'll be rescued. And that's exactly what happened. And when the, the children of, of, uh, uh, walked around the walls of Jericho and they let out a loud shout and the walls fell down, why was that happening? It was not like, well, you know, whether life sucks or whether it's good, we praise the Lord anyway. You know, we don't know his ways. If you don't know his ways, try reading his word and then maybe you'll know his ways. It, it's just a, a bunch of, of Christian rhetoric that is unbiblical. Do you know? Okay. I agree, I agree with you, Sheba. 100%. Sheba says it also becomes a cover-up. Just say it. I struggle with Yeah. Okay, well, I've, I've struggled with things. You know what I did as a response to them? I figured out in the word how to overcome. And I fought it. And I took back what was mine. The Bible says that the violent take it by force. You look straight at that struggle and you say, you're not allowed here. 
Not like, oh, praise the Lord anyway. I, I don't even know what that means. I don't know what that means. You praise. If you're in a, listen, if you're watching me right now and you're going through something, you praise God and you say, Lord, thank you for delivering me. Thank you for setting me free. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for providing for me. You're worthy of all the praise because you're a great God. How about you start saying that kind of stuff out of your mouth? Not like, oh, well, you know, life's full, the highs and lows, amen? The highs and lows, praise God. Verse 14, is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith, will make the sick person well. Do you notice something? Do you notice something? Yeah, God makes everything right. But that's not the tone of these songs. The tone of these songs is, hold on tight, because life's gonna put you on a roller coaster, and it's gonna be hard, but one day, one day it'll all be worth it. It, <laughs> it will all be worth it. But why do these verses exist if we're just supposed to sit and deal with every bad thing? Why do, why do we instruct it in Ephesians to take up the shield of faith, to expel and extinguish the fiery darts of the enemy? Why are we told to resist the devil? Why are we told to flee from him? Why are we told? That if you're, if you're in trouble, you should pray. And if you're suffering hardships, you should pray. Why? Because we serve a delivering God. We serve a God who is the, our rescuer. He's our strong tower. Hardships and suffering is not sickness. Why? Because James separated the two. What is suffering in this context? It is. It starts with a P. Yeah, that, that Lynn, I love the way Lynn said it. Stand firm, not holding on tight to the things. That's what we do. Oh, I've got, I've got my struggle. You know, I'm in my, I'm in my struggling season, you know. Your struggling season has been going on for 35 years. And every time there's an altar call, you come up to the front crying. But nothing ever changes. Because you don't actually believe that you can overcome. You don't actually believe that you could be delivered. So what is this suffering talking about? It's talking about, starts with the P, persecution. Persecution. Sickness was a separate verse. And what do we know about persecution? It was promised to us. It was promised to us. Now, if you want to avoid persecution, you could avoid it uh, by just not standing up for your faith. But if you do stand up for your faith, it's promised to you. And even then, James says, pray, pray for strength, pray for help. You could still, even in the midst of persecution, which was promised to us, we still pray. Look what Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 17. But the, listen to this, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. So that through me, the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. 
And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. Jim's right. I didn't Sorry, I don't know if I said something wrong. I didn't say not to come to the altar. I'm simply saying that there are people who their entire life, it's the same struggle because they don't actually believe that they could be delivered from it. One trip to the altar, one touch from the hand of God could solve a, lo- a long-standing difficulty in your life. One prayer, one, one walk up. Just All it takes is one time, one moment, God could do it. Isn't it amazing what Paul was saying? Paul, who went through the worst of the worst, he's saying, the Lord rescued me. I was delivered from the lion's mouth. Paul's life was not taken from him. He laid it down willingly. None of the apostles were shot in the back when they weren't looking. They laid down their life for the cause of Christ. So even in the midst of persecution, you could pray for help. So that's one kind of hardship. But then there's another kind of hardship. Hi, uh, Chevry. Good to see you. I know I said that wrong for sure. Andre, I don't know. Sometimes your names are a little bit um, hard to read, especially when they're in French. Um, But thank you for joining. Agreed, Jim. If you fall, you will be caught. Oh, I was right. Awesome. (laughs) But there's another kind of, of hardship that people go through. And that is attacks of the enemy. But I want to say something to you, and you have to listen to this carefully. Just because the enemy attacks, it doesn't mean that he's allowed to take you out. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Resist. But people don't resist. Why? They accept it as normal. Why? Because every song sings about it. You think that there's no correlation there? We have power over the enemy. But too many people believe that the things that happen to them are just part of life. Well, it's just a normal part of life. So they don't resist. There's no resistance against the devil. One thing that he does and that's it. You're in a valley season for the next 15 years. No, we are more than conquerors. We have victory through Jesus Christ. You are an overcomer. You know, and and sometimes... Sometimes it's even more difficult if it involves someone close to you, you know, like your, your aunt is sick or your, your son's away from the Lord. You can't force people, obviously, to do anything, but you can intercede for them, 100%. You hear me? You can intercede on their behalf and have faith that's so strong that it overcomes their doubt. You can tell them what the Word says, and you can tell them what God's plan for them is. But what you believe is a normal part of life will determine what kind of life you have. So these worship leaders are doing a disservice to people. They aren't helping them. They aren't telling them that God has a way out for them. They aren't telling them that that you could be rescued, that you don't have to stay in the valley, that you don't have to live there. They're not telling you that there's there's a way out through God. No, no, praise Him in the valley. If you, if you go back to that scripture in 1 Kings, they weren't in the valley for very long. And then they slaughtered all their enemies. 
and pick up the spoils. Turn to um, Isaiah chapter 41. Isaiah 41, verse 18. Listen to this. I will make rivers flow out of barren heights and springs within the valleys. I will turn the desert into pools of water and parched ground into springs. I will put in the desert the cedar and the myrtle and the olive. I will set pines in the wasteland, the fir and the cypress together, so that people may see and know, may consider and understand that the hand of the Lord has done this, that the Holy One of Israel has created it. So even if there is a valley, God will make that valley become like a, a, a thriving ecosystem full of trees and plants and water and springs in the desert. And where there's no, oh, I'm in my desert season. No, you're not in your desert season. Because according to the word of God, even if there is a desert, he will make springs in the desert. Agreed, John. Parched ground into springs. That's what God does with valleys. You, you see a valley or a dryness? That's what God does with it. Turns them into pools of water. Turns a desert into springs. How beautiful is that? Wow, what a scripture. So that people will know that the Lord has done this. That's the kind of... Why did somebody write a song about, about Isaiah chapter 41? Any songwriters out there? Come on. How about, how about you write about that? How about you write about how the Lord makes ways in the wasteland and makes streams in the desert and parts the Red Sea and that the hand of the Lord can do anything and that he could pull you out of the pit that you're in and he can pull you out of that valley and set your feet on the rock to stay. How about writing songs about that? I'm in my season of lamenting right now. Okay. You know, the Bible says there's a, there's a time to grieve and a time to mourn. I'm not saying that you can't do that. But stop writing songs about it. It's like they're therapy. You know, they, they, they don't have... Um, okay, Jill's going to write it. And Steph. Maybe you collab and collaborate. You know, they're, 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 something happened to them. And rather that you deal with it between you and God... Okay, deal with it between you and God. You write it down because that's your therapy. And then you share it with the whole world. And then people start singing it in church. It's a defeated mindset. You know, praise God anyway. Is that what God wants you to do? Or he's trying to tell you, hey, hi, remember me? I'm going to lift you up and pull you out. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 11. But the land you are crossing the Jordan to take possession of is a land of mountains and valleys that drinks rain from heaven. It is a land the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are continually on it from beginning of the year to the end. So listen to this. If you faithfully obey the commands I am giving you today to love the Lord your God, and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, then I will send rain on your land in its season, both autumn and spring rains, so that you may gather in your grain, new wine and oil. I will provide grass in the fields for your cattle, and you will eat and be satisfied. You will eat the good of the land. 
I'll provide the rain. I'll provide the grain. I'll provide the oil. I'll provide the grass for your cattle so that you can eat them after. That's what God does. How about we give some praise to God for the great things that he has done? How about we give some, instead of praising, oh my, oh my gosh. There's another song. It says, bless God in the fields of plenty. Bless God in the darkest valley. Okay. First of all, See, I love, th listen, a lot of these songwriters have written other great songs. So I'm not, I'm not, um, you know, Isaiah 119, if you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Another translation says you will have plenty to eat. But again, these songs bless God in the darkest valley. Is that what God's telling you to do? What did he say to Moses? In Exodus chapter 14, when Moses was all like, oh, you know, um, uh, the Lord will fight for you, just be still. And God's like, why are you crying out to me? Tell them to get moving. You stretch your hand over the Red Sea and it's going to part. And it did. Well, bless God in the darkest valley. Okay. First of all, I don't know when the valley was dark. Because just like I read in Exodus chapter 10, though all of Egypt was dark, there was light that shined over the people of God. You're a child of God. Get out of that valley. You don't belong there. You know, because all, all the posture of these songs, life is tough, but no matter what we praise God, it sounds biblical. God's always worthy of our praise. But why do you think James said, if, is anyone happy? Praise God. Turn to Psalm, uh, Psalm 23. And again, I... I, I I'm sure that, that, <laughs> oh man, I'm sure that you probably listen to all these songs and maybe you're a bit devastated. And I, and I told you, you, you don't have to listen to me. You could do whatever you want. You could listen to whatever songs you want. But then again, when you come to, to the altar for prayer for the, the 22nd time that you're still going through the same thing, maybe you need to, to. I just, I just flip over to Second Chronicles. Listen to what happens in Second Chronicles, uh, chapter twenty. Listen to me, Judah, people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in His prophets, and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. As they went out at the head of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah and they were defeated. The men of Ammon and Moab rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped to destroy one another. The enemies of God didn't even touch the people. They slaughtered each other. Why? Because you ha they had faith and they said, I know, I know that God will rescue us 
Thank you, Lord, for the great things that you've done. Thank you for your holiness and your splendor. That is a posture of victory. That is a posture of overcoming. That's the posture that you carry as a child of God. You're not in the darkest valley. And if you are in a dark valley, believe that he will lift you up out of it. Out of the miry pit. Turn to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let me tell you something. That's not just heaven. Because there's no, there's no evil in heaven. There's no enemies in heaven. Let me read you 10 things. I know that sounds like a lot, but I'm going to go through them quick. 10 things that we can get from Psalm 23. And this is, you know, and again, these, these, this is the kind of stuff people should be writing songs about. If I were a songwriter, I would, I would do it. I would go to the scriptures and I would write songs uh, uh, completely based on actual scriptures in context. Not what you think they mean. Number one, we have no want or lack, so we're never in lack. Number two, we have rest and restoration for our souls. What did Jesus say? Come to me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. Rest for your souls. Number three, we have guidance from the Holy Spirit. We're not walking, we're not walking, um, you know, our own way. I know. Alicia, Alicia's encouraged me to write, encouraging me to write a song. I actually tried to be a songwriter and it, it didn't really work. Um, so, but I don't know, maybe, maybe I would try it again. Um, we have guidance from the Holy Spirit. Number four, we, so we know the right way to go. We have direction. We have guidance. He guides me in paths of righteousness. Number five, we have safe passage. Listen, safe passage. Lee, you know what the problem is? The lyrics were always great, but like the rhythms were terrible. No one's going to want to sing it. <laughs> it's horrible. They're, they're just like the, 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 the rhythm and the, um, the melody was just no, like that's the problem. I could, the words, no problem. But like the melody and all that, it's it's hard to write a song. I have a lot of respect for songwriters. I do. I just wish they'd get their doctrine right. You know, stop stop lamenting in all your songs because your people are are are. I meant Melody Lauren or how like the words fit together. It's not easy. It's very difficult. I have a, I have a ton of respect for songwriters. I really do. But I'll, yeah, collab. It's true. Yeah, songs these days have like 16 different writers. Like all you have to do is put like one word in the song and you get your name on it. <laughs> oh, man. You know, 
Because they're going through something difficult. And like I said, people go through difficult things. But what did Paul even say? And Paul was being persecuted. Even in his persecution, the Lord rescued me from the lion's mouth. He delivered me from all of these evils. Our God is a deliverer. He's a rescuer. He's our savior. Don't think that if you're going through a hard time, that it's just normal. It's not normal. Resist the devil. Resist him. We have safe passage through the valley of the shadow of death. What is the valley of the shadow of death? It was a dangerous ravine that was commonly found in Palestine. Dangerous stuff going on over there. Um, So we don't live there or stay there or reside there. We're passing through. Do you hear me? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Exactly, Steph. You don't stay there. You're not in a season there. You're passing through. Number six, we have no fear because the Lord protects us. Number seven, we feast in safety while the shepherd watches fights and protects how amazing is that you can feast in safety while our great shepherd watches fights and protects friends i don't know what you're struggling with tonight i don't but i can guarantee you that our god is big enough to get you out of it right now nothing is impossible for god Nothing. Doesn't matter how difficult it might be. Doesn't matter what the doctor's report might be. Doesn't matter. I'm glad you're enjoying it, Alex. I know I feel like I'm yelling a lot, but it's because I care about you guys. You don't have to struggle one more day. You don't have to struggle one more day. Number eight, our cups of blessing are running over. God is a blesser. He's a blesser. Goodness and mercy follows us, not hardship and sadness. And like I said, there, there, there is a time to mourn, a time to grieve. Think that the devil is doing everything in his power everything to discourage you what does it say in john 10 10 the thief cometh not but to steal to kill and to destroy i'm glad anna i'm glad that you're, you're enjoying this to steal to kill and to destroy that's what he wants to do so let's say you lost a loved one that was too soon so what ends up happening he already killed now he's destroying destroying your joy destroying your peace destroying your faith why, why weren't they healed? You know, when Pastor Steve was, um, Alex, the live video won't be saved for long, but I have a podcast and I'm going to share it uh, after this is over so that you can hear it forever, which I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but you would be able to. Um, 
Me, no, I, I, so I know this, like this, this altar thing. I, I feel like I, I, I feel like maybe I, I said it wrong or you kind of misunderstood. What I was, what I'm trying to say is that there are people that, it, they, they never overcome their struggle. It's just the same thing over and over again because they don't realize that it truly can be overcome. Right? It truly can be overcome. That's a biblical guarantee, no matter what it is. Um, that's why we have testimonies. If, if, you, if you constantly have the same thing that you're going through that you've never been healed from, um, well, that's why, we have, that's why we do it, Lisa. That's why we open the altars for ministry. Uh, we're ministering to the people because people need help. But again, like kind of like to, to repeat what I said before, if it's been like 40 years and it's just the exact same prayer, you know, there's something wrong. There's something wrong there that you shouldn't have to be suffering with something that long. What happened to the woman with the issue of blood? What did she do? It, she was suffering for a long time. If I just touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to be made well. Well, yeah, it, Lauren, exactly. And she was made well in that instant. Because she said, forget all this other stuff. I'm going straight to the source. That's exactly what I meant, Lauren. Thank you. Let me re read what Lauren said. They live in a mentality of defeat. What they're facing is more powerful than what God can do in their minds. 100%. But not anymore. Not anymore. You may used to have that mindset of defeat. You don't anymore. You don't anymore. Goodness and mercy follows us, not hardship and sadness. So the devil, he doesn't only kill things. He destroys. Steals your joy. Kills things in your life. And then, and then destroys your faith. That's his, that's his plan. That's his plan all the time. What can I do to get these people off course? And the last one, our permanent residence will be in heaven for eternity. Like that song, that's, I love that song called My Testimony. It says, our names are registered in heaven. What a great truth. Yeah, Steph, you are facing that, but I've never heard you say, well, what are you going to do? Um, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully, no, you know, the power of prayer. That's the difference. You know, the power of prayer and you mean it, right? That's the difference. Oh, Psalm 23 is a song. And again, I know a lot of people won't agree. That's fine. You don't have to agree. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. And the greatest joy of all. Exactly, Steph. I know that you're doing that. I can tell by the way that you're posting. You know. Because you know that it's not normal. And guys, I'm going to tell you what. Deep down, no matter what your faith level might be, whether you're a cessationist or, or whatever you are, you know, you know that sickness doesn't belong in your body because anytime you get like a sniffle, you run to the doctor. So you know this doesn't belong in me. So have that same fortitude when you run to the altar and say, Lord, I don't want this anymore. This is not what you have for me. I know you can heal me. I know you can set me free because Jesus came, what? To set the captives free. To give recovery of sight to the blind. That's physical healing. So you know deep in your instincts I got to get rid of this sickness. It doesn't belong in my body. That same passion 
Like I said, the violent take it by force. Devil, you're not allowed to torment me. You're not, you don't have any jurisdiction over me. I am a child of God. I am more than a conqueror. I am an overcomer. Exactly, Sheba. We do have the greatest advantage. Just like I read that, that story in, 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 in 1 Kings. The enemy thought, well, we get these guys out on, on a level playing field and we'll be able, to, be able to overtake them. Nope. Because when you have God, you always have the advantage. You, God plus one. Even just me by myself. I'm the majority. And friends, if you're watching me, and you're not saved. And you're like, well, I, I want that. I want to be a child of God. You can become one tonight, right now. This could be the moment that everything in your life changes. Because I'm going to tell you what, just like I read in that last point, that our permanent residence is in heaven. In order for that to happen, you have to make a decision to come into right relationship with God. Because the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. So if you've never done that, Pray this prayer with me out loud. Confess with your mouth out loud. Because I'm going to tell you, there really is a heaven and there really is a hell. And you will go to one of those two places. Don't you want to be in heaven with all of us? We're a great bunch. We're a great crew. So pray this prayer if you've never prayed it before. Say, Father, I give you my life. Forgive me of all my sins. I believe in my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and my Savior. I choose to follow you and not turn back. Thank you that I am now saved. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, please message this account and let us know or we'll get a Bible to you. Um, and welcome to the family of God. And that's the key. That is the key to all this thing into knowing that I am now a child of God. The things that happen in the world aren't permitted to happen to me. The Bible says, Jesus said that whatsoever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. God allows what we allow. Why is God letting this happen? God allows what we allow. So if you look straight in the face of whatever you're going through, whatever pain you might be going through, whatever struggle you, want, you might be going through, whatever suffering you might be going through, you look it straight in the eye and you say, I don't allow you to torment me anymore. You don't have any authority over me. I have authority over you because the devil is under our feet. That when Jesus died on the cross and that veil was torn in two, all the power of that enemy was put under submission. So don't live a life in which you believe that he, the devil has all this power over me. He doesn't. He's a defeated foe. And a weak one at that. So instead of singing about your valley seasons, why don't you sing about how God set you free? Why don't you sing about how God delivered you? And if you're still working on it because you're like, man, I, I, I'm not sure about this. My, I don't know about my faith. Like we talked about last week with the man who said, help my unbelief. You can say, Lord, I know you can do this. I trust you. I believe in you. 
I know that you'll deliver me. That's what you say. You keep thanking it until you see it. Because it will happen. Just like Jehoshaphat praised God and said, yep, God's going to do it. He's, uh, he's the Holy One. They didn't even have to fight. They didn't even have to fight. Their enemies devoured each other. That's what's going to happen to you. If you get your mindset, mindset right. And I believe that you will. And I pray this helped you tonight. Like I said, I know it's, it's, it's hard to, to sometimes hear these things because, you know, you're maybe not used to it. I had to reset a lot of my thinking and realizing, wow, this is really what God wants. Amen. Um, and of course, I want to encourage you. If you need help, feel free to come to the altar. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I didn't say it wrong, but now I'm like questioning myself if I, if I, if I said the wrong thing. Um, but anyways, like I said, the altars are always open. You know, there's actually a really good song. Um, it's called, I'm going to write it in the comments. It's called at the altar. And I think it's appropriate for tonight's discussion. Uh, oops, I spelled her name wrong. Okay. It's called at the altar by Anna Golden. Really great. I love the song. It's such a good song. It's talking about, um, all of, everything that can happen at the altar, which are all good things. Um, so yeah. I, I pray that that helped you, um, and I thank you as always for joining me.